They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced. Fourth and 26. Stinks in a trash. AI's crossover. Throwing batteries at J.D. Drew. Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz. The Legion of Doom. And thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. What is up, SoundCloud.com? After a lengthy sabbatical, the Brotherly Love Podcast is back better than ever, live and in person, no less. Joe O'Donnell, John Mita from beautiful South Jersey. We've got a glorious afternoon. It's, this might be the earliest time-wise podcast Ever. We're just shy of 11 a.m. on this fine Sunday, and it is gorgeous outside. It's it is gorgeous. magnificent. This is where the first one took place in the in the rainstorm. See, I thought that we've been over this before. I thought the first ever Brotherly Love podcast was in your attic. It, it's it's a possibility. I don't know. You could be right. Number two might have been here. One of them was definitely well, here. Well, the, the first outdoor podcast. Yeah. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, the only outdoor podcast. The remote. Our first yes. remote. Remote. Our second remote. We're at Chicky and Pete's. Yeah, but it is. The weather down here is incredible. 82 degrees, nice breeze, plenty of action going on. View of on. the bay. Yeah. What could Stone be Harbor. What could be better? How you been, brother? It's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. Attended a great concert. Saw Coldplay last night with my brother and my niece and nephew. It was a fantastic show. They just, it's, it's like being in some, like, video surreal, like, it's it's just an incredible. If you've never seen a Coldplay concert, even if you just hate their music, just to go for the visual effects is just like it's incredible. And the way Chris Martin leads in Coldplay, he always the one thing about him is he always acknowledges the fans, the crowd, wherever they're playing the show is. He always does a good job of integrating that. And and you every time you step into one of these shows, they give you this bracelet, and the place just lights up. With all these lights, man. It, it was just, it was an unbelievable scene last night. And we got home in 45 minutes from the link. Went to our Jetro. Post concert. Went to the Jetro lot. It cost $40 to park in the oh. lot. $40. My brother goes, I'll pay it. That's I like don't, the concert ticket price. $40. Oh, yeah. Just to get this light. I'm like, but Mike, listen, nobody's going to want to pay that money, so we're going to get out quickly. And we got out. I mean, bing, bang, boom. The show ended at 11.15. We were back in my brother's neighborhood. We we probably left the parking lot at like 11.25, 11.30. Yeah. And we were at his house by 12.15. That's great. Yeah. Always nice when show. you can skill it, you know? Skill it. Oh, my brother skilled it all right. Well, we won't talk about the yeah. movie, mate. Yeah. We'll leave that one. For- <laughs> so, since we've last uh, teamed up for the Brotherly Love podcast on SoundCloud.com, again, follow us. On Twitter at Beloved Podcast, uh, a lot has gone down in the world of Philly sports. Eagles training camp underway, preseason opener. In fact, just a few days from now, uh, the Phillies have continued on their up and down trek towards you know possibly 80 wins or 75 wins probably. When it's all said and done, the Olympics underway now in Rio as of this weekend, uh, and just all kinds of you know national sports news. I mean we. 
Man, it's been like three weeks, bro. So good to get back at it here on SoundCloud.com. Yeah, and, and the flake gate, Tom Brady. Yeah, it's exactly. finally it's over. He's accepted his hallelujah. suspension. He's not taking it to the Supreme Court. Oh my God. Thank Could you, you imagine God. if that went to the Supreme Court? It would be pretty hilarious. What is wrong with this country that it, that even has the possibility to of make happening? it at that level? I agree with you. It would be a joke. But you're right. There's so much. The Phillies. What a surprise they've been. Yeah. Um, a team that just. They play hard. It's you know bring some excitement. You talk about a lot of the teams like you know what Philadelphia team has the greatest chance to basically bring another title home. And I would say, I mean, for me right now, the Phillies. I think they're going to be contending very quickly. I don't know, man. A lot of mental mistakes for this team. I know they're young. Oh, but I no st- I can't. I I'm still not over like. Cesar Hernandez can't figure out how to slide in the oh, second. His base running is you know, and and they just boneheaded mistakes. And yeah. Look, there's gonna be lumps with a young team, but they they do look. They have been more fun, more watchable than I think anybody thought they would be. Uh, granted, ten games below 500 after a 9-7 loss last night in San Diego, 51 and 61 on the season as of today. Uh, and Jake Thompson, the top pitching prospect, made his major league debut last night, got rocked around a bit, couldn't get out of the fifth inning. Uh, the, the big reason he got an opportunity is Aaron Knowles on the DL. And Aaron Knowles won in seven in his last eight starts. And there's a lot of this this kind of grumbling that they'll just shut him down for the year. If you're the Phillies, do you shut down Nola? Absolutely, 100%. Because this is kind of the, the trial and error year. You need to see – who you think is going to be a part of your franchise for the next couple of years moving forward? And it's not like they're in contention. And the other the other thing is you don't want this guy to throw so many innings early in his career where then that might lead to some health problems later on. Okay, well, he's only like thrown 111. Yeah. So, to me, that shouldn't be a concern. Even if you give him two or three token starts late August, September – to try and find himself, to rectify his struggles. One in seven his last eight starts. His walks are way up. Uh, my understanding, he's not big on tweaking his mechanics, that he's kind of – he is who he is as a pitcher and he's just going to try and battle through it. Well, it hasn't happened. So I don't see any way in hell they should just banish him for the year. Doesn't that kind of give him a pass? Doesn't that make it the easy way out? You talk about one of the C guys. I want to see him. He's supposed to be part of the future. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think – I think they gave also, him a break right before the All Star break. Yeah, I think. All and now th- this is a no, to me. This is another break. I don't. I don't think he's hurt. Yeah. Well, Do you think I, he's hurt? I didn't hear any. You know, you didn't hear anything. There was I, no. I heard elbows, no, tired arm, elbows. I, yeah. When uh, though? When they put him on the DL? None. Yeah. Of, when he was struggling, no. winless in four and five stars. No, they kind of just shut him down. Yeah. Just magically goes on the DL yeah. after another crappy start. Well, I think. It's all about management of these young, fragile guys. You come and but listen. why is he fragile? I thought Aaron Nola was composed. I thought Aaron Nola was was cool like and bulldog. collected. Yeah, it's certain guys. Certain guys have the that first time that, he's struggling pitching instinct. in his career since killer. he's probably been in, you know, twelve-year-old baseball. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people have that mentality, and the other guys you have to massage them, and it it takes them a while for them to get adjusted to that level. And I think. It's going to take him a little bit. I think one thing that we can honestly say is he doesn't look like an ace. He doesn't look yeah. like that number one starter. Right. And when he, he came up more- last year, there was talk he'd be your middle rotation guy. Right. But he pitched so well, I was thinking, why can't he be more than that? Right. Why, does he ha- why do you have to slot this guy as a three so early in his career? And now, you know, 
basically a full season into his career last year, parts of last year, and obviously this year. Um, I think that's probably a fair assessment that he is, you know, if he's your three or four, you've got a hell of a rotation. But the problem is right now he's your two behind Velasquez right. with a lot of uncertainty in young arms coming up, hopefully, to fill that void. Well, you you talk about Velasquez. There's another guy that they might shut down. And I'd be fine with that because he's had a great yeah. year. Yeah. And yeah. I get it. He's yeah. a young pitcher. Right. To me, Nolan needs to find – he needs to Because throw. he's unproven. Yes. He just yeah. needs to throw one or two more times, even if he gets shelled. I just don't like yeah. the fact that – Okay, if he's really hurt, shut him down. I get it. But to me, this smells like they're trying to give him another break. They're trying to give him the road that's easier to finish the year, which is just shut it down. Yeah. We'll get you back for spring training. I, I don't know. I just To me, it seemed a little too convenient with all these struggles that all of a sudden he's got arm soreness or whatever they called it, yeah. shoulders, a shoulder stiffness, like whatever, whatever the <laughs> phrase was. Like, give me a break. Yeah. You know, if it, if if the Phillies were in contention, is he pitching this week? Probably. Right. <laughs> so, well the good if we look at too another thing is you look at that Cole Hamels trade, you know, and that is looks better and better every day even man. though Jake Thompson got Ruben Amaro, I was actually sitting in it. it's funny. Um I got some seeds through close If you're friend about of mine. to give props to Ruben Amaro, I probably should just No, sign I just off sat in his former seats at Citizens Bank Park oh, and they? Had, uh, phenomenal Diamond <laughs> Club right on the end. They're, they're terrific, but that trade, there's a possibility that you could get four really – you could get, what is it, two, three pitchers? Well, they got the veteran pitcher, uh, names escaping me. He'll no, never probably pitch Eichel? again with the back. No, with the back issue. Oh. There was a – Oh, yeah, yeah, Harrison or – Yes, um, but some, he hasn't, yeah. he hasn't oh, thrown right. in yeah. since they acquired him. So was uh, it five people in that yes, deal? Yes, it was four prospects and then the major right. league – Right. Ready pitcher, Harrison. But if you get Nick Williams, I hear the catcher. Alf Alfaro's killing it. Alfaro. Jorge, and then yeah. Eikhoff and then Jake Thompson. Yeah. I mean, if you get four players for one, that's – Right, for the next decade. That's a great haul. That's like the so. five-for-one Von Hayes trade. I mean, that – you look at that trade right there and you uh, – you hate to compare things, but look at when they got rid of Kurt Schilling for what they oh. got in return in that deal. I mean, you want to talk about night and day with Travis those two deals. Lee, Vincente Padilla. Vincente, Omar Padilla's Dahl. Flotilla, Omar Dahl. Omar God, Dahl. that guy was awful baseball. How about one Travis more name? Lee. No, one more yeah, one. Please. Nelson Figueroa. Yes, I What's love Figueroa. Blow it up. Nelson Figueroa. Oh, Travis Lee. Tra Worst. Yeah, maybe my most hated baseball player. Yeah. He's, Several are close, including yeah, Scott Rowland. I agree with you. His name should be Travis State By the instead way, of Travis. Speaking of, uh, anyway. speaking of Scott Rowland, Part of that Mike Hale Franco, yeah. 20 dingers, first yeah. Phillies third baseman since Rowland did it. It's at least – and that's the other thing with this team too, Joe, is there's certain positions where you're like, you know what, I can see these guys being here for the next decade. Okay. Can Franco, Franco please, like, tape his helmet to his head, to his dreadies? Can it, we get, like, a <laughs> – Something that chin will clamp strap. the dreadies. No, he needs to a chin helmet. strap. He'll be the first major leaguer with a chin strap helmet. What I about love it. it? I love it. <laughs> All right, let's switch to the birds because they are oh, off let's and talk running. Birds. Uh, a million places we can go here. But the, the most recent news, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, is that Stephen Tulloch might be signing with the Eagles. They are in, quote, heavy negotiations. Now, heavy Tulloch, talks. a 10 year veteran, 31 years of age. 
just was released by the Lions a couple of weeks ago. I was looking at this last night because I'm thinking, where, where's this guy been? What's, why isn't he somewhere else? It sounds like he was maybe hurt, and so they couldn't release him. Mm -hmm. Then once he was cleared medically, they released him because the people in Detroit, from everything I read, seemed to know this was coming for a long time. Stephen Tulloch was not part of the Lions' plans moving forward yeah. under Jim Caldwell there. Again, a big piece of their community and, and what they did on the field defensively the last decade. But uh, he's a free agent. And the Eagles, I think you and I are in agreement here, could use some linebacking depth. Uh, there's no – I've kind of saw this move coming for weeks. Just a, I know the history between Stephen Tollick. He's with Jim Schwartz, Jim Schwartz at Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, he's Adam been Tennessee with him too? at Detroit. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So he started his career in Tennessee. And if you look at the Eagles' depth at linebacker, once you get past the starters – The three. Yeah. Could you name me the backups? Yeah, well, you've got Najee Good. Najee That's Good. That's it. Prolific special team player. Great backup. Prolific. But Stephen Tulloch would be nice because here's, here's the thing. If he comes in. Can we get uh, Clay Matthews' brother back? Oh, God. You know, I was at the <laughs> link last night for this concert, and there's this one picture, and it's D'Amico Ryan's Michael Kendricks, and then there's that bum, Casey Matthews, oh, and they're holding loser. hands, doing a pregame. I said, is there any way to cut this guy yeah, out of this picture? Photoshop out his face. He is so terrible. Anyway, moving on from him. But Stephen Tulloch, there's a possibility he's your starter and middle linebacker. And then you would move Kendricks – well, not Kendricks. Then you would move Jordan Hicks, I'm sorry, to his natural linebacking position, which is – you know, from Seth Joyner, the great former Eagles linebacker, talked about it, that he would bring, like, a great will linebacker. Yes, so that's where I wanted to go next. Perfect sure. segue, especially since you and I didn't discuss this prior. I mean, we knew what we were going to talk about, but you, you could not have put this more on a tee for me. I thought it was Ike Reese on Twitter, but I think he was conversating with Joyner. Yeah. And that's the beauty about Twitter. Sometimes you get athletes like this, former athletes, that will respond to one another and add their thoughts. And I'm pretty sure it was like Reese, I didn't go back to double check, this was about a week or so ago, that said basically his eyes don't deceive him and he knows that Jordan Hicks should be the weak side linebacker. It yeah. plays to his tendencies better. So I wanted to get your take on that and you brought it up so it was perfect timing. Yeah. But I'm sure you saw what Billy Davis said when he was interviewed recently about last year's defense and that Michael yeah. Kendricks and Kiko Alonso couldn't handle setting the D and making plays together. They just they couldn't do it. Yeah. Those guys are better just playing football. But yeah. setting everybody up, changing the defense, aligning guys, and then trying to make plays off of that, they struggled. And Billy Davis was was pretty scathing, I thought, in some of those comments, basically chucking Kendricks and Alonzo under the bus, saying that they were the main problems for the Eagles D last year, covering running backs, covering tight ends, and making sure the defense was aligned properly once Jordan Hicks got hurt. And, and the numbers bear that out. When the right. Eagles defense had Jordan Hicks in and, and he was making all those plays, they were forcing turnovers, they were getting off the field, and they were getting scorched once he went out of the lineup. So if you can find a way to replace Jordan Hicks in the middle, uh, not because he can't handle it, but because it's just his natural position, and you maybe then give Kendricks a chance to just go play football in a more attacking, aggressive scheme, yeah. maybe all of a sudden your linebacking core becomes much better. Uh, and plus, if you lose Hicks, where's your depth? So uh, bringing in a guy like Stephen Tulloch makes a ton of, ton of sense to me. Yeah, I've, I think it would be a terrific move. Obviously, 
you know, there's some space. They can get rid of some guys. And I would like to see it happen because I think Jordan Hicks, even though we saw when D'Amico Ryans is kind of banged up, he was able to play the middle linebacker. The weak side linebacker, some of your responsibilities are, number one, covering the tight end. And we know you need when you're covering these tight ends, these aren't like tight ends of the 80s. Yeah. You know, good blocker, make some catches, you know, in traffic, kind of red zone threats, like short. Chad Lewis, yeah, Mark Bavaro, exactly. yesteryear tight ends. Exactly. That- these guys can all run, man, run like deer. So you need somebody with the versatility, and it would bring him back to his natural – and give less responsibility for a second-year player. Yep. He was fantastic, but I agree, linebacker was one position – position, listen to me – one position of, of depth that was a concern at the start here as long as some other positions that I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah. And I just think – I think it would be a great move. So, you know, Howie, show him the money, get him in here. And he knows short system. Yeah. And that's the other thing. When you have somebody – that knows the defense in and out and can put the right guys in the alignments that you're speaking of, it could only lead to big and better things. It just seems like it, it it fits yeah. between the scheme, Absolutely. knowing the coordinator, the need there for the Eagles. It's that time of year where you add veteran guys that are either cut or otherwise, uh, and it doesn't appear anybody else is talking to them, or at least not from the reports I saw. So good point by you, Howie. Just get it done for crying out loud. All right, let's jump right into the position battle sure. for the Philadelphia Eagles, John Mita. Sure. This is, of course, the Brotherly Love podcast on SoundCloud.com. Um, let's go with the, I don't want to say easy one, but a fluffy one. Sure. But a crucial one, the kicker. The kicker. Oof. Parky or Sturgis? And, uh, and and I must say that I didn't recognize Caleb Sturgis at open practice last week. He was signing autographs after practice along the wall there in the first <laughs> row at the link. I thought I uh, was watching Donnie Jones. You thought he was the equipment manager? And I said, Hall of Fame, Donnie? And uh, he looked up, gave me a quizzical (laughs) expression, took a few steps. Me, the children, the rest of the crew I was with. Uh, Uh, That's Caleb Sturgis. All righty then. Take care. Good job by me. That was... it was Cody Parkey. You would have recognized Cody Parkey. Uh, I kind of forgot Caleb Sturgis existed, John Mita, and yeah. and I I think I I kind of blacked out on that because I couldn't stand the guy last year. Yeah. I know he made a couple of big kicks late in the season, but missing uh, extra points early in his Eagles tenure yeah. pretty much wrote him off for me. Yeah, I'm. I, I think this is Cody Parkey. Assuming now, that Sturgis is, had a better day again today, from all reports at Eagles camp. Really? I believe I saw Parkey's now 20 of 28 in their in their kicking drills. Okay. And Sturgis has only missed two or maybe three. So, but again, Parkey's coming off an injury. I think you give the kid time. You can take this battle basically until you got to slim down to 53. Yeah. If you're, you know, in my opinion, why why rush this decision? But I think it's Cody Parkey's job to lose. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, he, his first year, obviously, the grain, uh, the grain, a pro bowler. Yeah. The great, yeah, pro bowler. How many times? How many touchbacks did he have? That was the other thing with him, field position-wise. Like, the Eagles weren't giving up kick returns to for a lot of yards due to the fact that this guy was booming the ball through the end zone. So, I'm hoping it's Cody Parkey. I can only – I mean, Caleb Sturgis, he played okay last year. He did miss some – I mean, missing a 33 extra point is just mind-boggling. 
fun. My apologies to Mr. Sturgis. I probably ruined his day. It's like the NBA. Rattled it's like cage. guys in the NBA that can't shoot 70% from the free throw line. No, oh, there's plenty of them. <laughs> oh, starting cornerback job. Yeah. Give me your two one. starting corners for the Philadelphia Eagles week one. Everybody's healthy. I think Nolan, or I think the first one is Leotis McKelvin, another Jim Schwartz guy brought in from Buffalo. I think he is the starting cornerback. And if the injuries don't continue to hamper Nolan Carroll, I see him, you know, beating out Ron Brooks, who was another Buffalo guy, and the young rookie who everybody is raving about, the seventh-round pick Jalen Mills from LSU. From what everybody's saying, this kid is a total player. But I think they'll go with with a veteran. And what about Eric Rowe? Because Paul Domowicz carved into him pretty good in a column recently on philly.com yeah. that he's having a rough camp and Jim Schwartz kind of singled him out as as is, not getting it done. Well, he is he has been unfortunately in this camp. You're talking about a second year player. You saw some flashes last year. He had a rough go. You know, they went to single cover him last year last Thanksgiving. Calvin Johnson. And that was just yeah, great when Nolan Carroll got That hurt. was great defensive strategy by our man Billy Davis who <laughs> who is now sitting in the unemployment line. But like, yeah, let's just single him up against one of the greatest receivers of all time. And Eric Rowe, you know, got got basted. But he, he's got the size. He has the athletic ability. Can he put it together? And the other thing is, too, when, when, you think, when you're looking at a position like cornerback, Joe, I think it takes an incredible amount of film study to become good. I think that's... That's another thing that sets apart. You look at, like, the great corners in this game, and just to bring up a few, you have your Darrell Reeves. But Richard Sherman, you know, some people might not like the guy. He's a little flamboyant, a little outspoken. But if you, a smart listen, dude. if you listen to him talk, he is technical. He goes, I know that this receiver is running this route. Just by the way that he, you know, patters his feet to the left, and I know he's going to run. And that's what it takes because now that the game has kind of – They've made it very hard for defenses because with all the contact rules in place, you know, illegal contact, pass interference, it's hard to cover a guy just by, you know, running next to him or just moving, you know, laterally. So you got to be a step ahead or you're going to be a step behind, meaning step ahead mentally. Great point. point. Film-wise, your your point is Richard Sherman is reading the play before it happens. Exactly. That gives him the advantage. Exactly, one hundred percent. You know, and if you're not a freak Especially athlete if you're like man Patrick Peterson, yeah, right. You better know who you're up against. And and uh, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. is making one-handed grabs and he's getting off the line of scrimmage clean because of the rules. Right. You know, you're in for a long day if you're either not getting physical with him at the line of scrimmage, you're not a better athlete than said receiver, whoever it is, yeah. or the film study. That's a great point. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. To yeah. me, it's McKelvin and Nolan Carroll, and hopefully Eric Rowe works through some of the lumps in the preseason and, you know, starts to earn more playing time. Because, yeah, and you know, hopefully he has the prototypical size that you would want. Hopefully he eventually becomes one of your starting quarter when, corners. When you when you draft a guy in the second round, these guys have to be starters for your football team. If not starters, they have to be impact players, pro bowlers, and we can only hope that that happens. But – I don't think Nolan Carroll, he got hurt at the end of the year. I, I think he did a decent yeah, job throughout the season. I mean, he wasn't great, but. And he didn't really get an opportunity two years ago. Exactly. Which, which was, was disappointing. All right, wide receiver opposite Jordan Matthews, week one. I'll take this one and just tell you that yeah. I don't believe in Josh Huff or Nelson Aguilar. I know that's not a newsflash to you. I got to see it. 
I want to see proof in the pudding or wh- whatever the phrase is before yeah. I start buying those two clowns. Uh, Aguilar can't get off the line of scrimmage. He's not He's not physical enough. He's not nasty enough. Uh, Josh Huff, too inconsistent. I think the mental part of the game for him sometimes just – he's just not there. He just hasn't proven. Neither of those guys have proven it. Thank God Riley Cooper is gone. Oh, thank God Riley thank Cooper is gone. Thank you, thank baby Thank God Jesus. Riley Cooper is gone. <laughs> but I'm not buying Josh Huff or Nelson Aguilar. And I'm going to be this, – this is not what the Eagles are going to do, but here's what I would do. I would start Reuben Randall opposite Jordan Matthews if Matthews is on the outside. I would because he has experience, because he knows the league, he knows the division, and you know what? He's got something to prove because he got let go. And anytime your pride is shot down, you take a hit in that department. Let's see what he's made of. And I saw Peter King Monday morning quarterback saying he might get cut, might not make the 53-man roster. Well, who's going to beat him out? Who? Who might get cut? Ruben Randall. That's what Peter King said, Monday love, morning quarterback. I love Peter King, but my God, what's and, he smoking? Exactly There's what, no way. Exactly what, There's uh, no way that he some of the scribes the in 50. Philly said when they saw that. It's like, all right, he might be their fourth guy, but he's not getting cut. Um, Chris no Givens, way. I think, is going to be a nice addition. I think him and Bradford, again, have that Rams chemistry. Maybe they can yeah. you know, extend the field, stretch the field with a guy like Givens. You could have Matthews on the outside, Givens in the slot. Maybe have Matthews, Givens, and Sproles all in the field and wide receiver types setups four or five wide. But to me, Aguilar and Huff have too much to prove for me to just hand them the job week one, you know, if all things are even. I'd rather have the experienced guy in Randall. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, Matthews has surplanted himself. Yeah, and I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think yeah, Randall's yeah. going to start. No, no. They're going to put Huff out there because, you know, or Aguilar out there because they were drafted guys by the organization. But I would really like to see Reuben Randall be given every opportunity to start on the outside, whether it's opposite Matthews or Matthews in the slot, and you have one of those two clowns, Aguilar or Huff, yeah. opposite Randall. I just like the addition there, bringing in a guy with experience. Um, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Uh, Matthews is going to be surplanted. Now, they wanted to try him at the outside, but I don't know if he has that type of speed. So kind of, you kind of touch on what, what you don't know, what you would like them to do. Kind of what I see is I see on the outside I'm going to see I think it's going to be Aguilar, and I think it's going to be Randall, and I think they're going to keep Matthews in the slot. And I've just because he's just such a force there, he doesn't. And like you said, with Chris Givens, they're going to sprinkle him in. Ruben Randall, I, I like the addition. I mean, to get rid of Riley Cooper, you get a guy. I think Ruben Randall's what twenty six years old. He's got like forty touchdown catches. I mean, he probably has more touchdown catches combined than. Any receiver on the roster. I, I mean, I forget what the numbers are. But Ruben Randall and his speed's deceptive. I think that's another thing. Like, I, if he can learn the playbook, I think he should start. Honest to God. Josh Huff, I'm sorry. I'm done with him. I think he needs to be cut. I, I wow. just, yeah. It's, you know, he gives you something in the return game. But what, on kickoffs, we have Kenyon Barner. We, we could give him that job. Ruben Randall, fifth year in the NFL this fifth upcoming okay. season. He's 25 years old. 25. He has 20 career touchdowns, including a career-high eight last year. He's never missed a game in his NFL career. And you got to love the – 57 catches last year, and that's playing second fiddle to Odell Beckham Jr. Exactly, exactly. So he's a talented kid, and maybe this is where he solidifies the number two spot. You can only hope – and as Eagles fans, again, this Nelson Aguilar – I liked 
coming out of college, I kind of liked the pick. I was on board with it. Yeah, well, we I were saw talking Jeremy do. Macklin yeah. 2.0. Yeah. And he was Jeremy Macklin point two. Yeah, he was. Her, some of the stats are from his last year were frightening. I think he did have a high ankle sprain. I'm not making excuses. I know that is a very difficult injury to come back. Sometimes if you try to rush that type of injury. But we need a big year out of this kid. We need out of Nelson Aguilar, I would love to see around 70, 75 receptions. Oh, my God. Over 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. Are you serious right now? We have to have first it. First of all. He's a first-round draft pick. We have to get that production. Okay, first of all. If he has that many receptions, he better have more than six touchdowns. He's a, he's supposed to be a deep threat. He's supposed to get behind the defense. Yeah. He should be able to just waltz into the end zone like he did for his like one career re- touchdown reception last year, which was embarrassing in its own right. Yeah. I believe it was the Saints defender fell down on the play, or the guy probably had zero touchdowns as a rookie last year. Um, no, no way in hell that guy finishes with 70, 75 catches. <laughs> let's make a bet. All right, let's, let's set the over-under at 60. 60. And I'll take I'm, the under. I'm taking the over. What do we bet? Another case of beer? Yeah, let's do it. Did you ever pay up from the last one? Yeah, I bought you your case of both. Yeah, isn't that convenient? What did we bet on? I don't even remember. The Super Bowl. Yes, we did. The Super Bowl. We did. I took Cam, and they got destroyed. 23 catches last year for Aguilar. 23 catches. You think he's going to triple that in year two? I think it's his year. You're insane. <laughs> Granted, he didn't well, they play in every him, game last Here's year. the thing. If he's having trouble, and I've heard this too, like you brought it up before, like he, he can't get off press coverage. That is a huge problem. So in order to get off press coverage, one of the things you need to do is put the guy in motion, kind of like the Arena Football League. Like just throw him in motion, get him started, find him ways to get open. That's the big thing. And maybe this there West were Coast a couple system flashes. where you have some more screens possibly. Absolutely. Go back Short to Andy Reid's, Todd Pinkston, oh, that's what bubble we're getting, screen. Dude. That's what we're getting. Oh, no doubt. Poopy Peterson is going uh, to go as much Andy Reid as possible. You know, I was talking to an Eagles official. It's funny you brought it up. A friend, friend, friend of mine works at the NovaCare, kind of runs the facility over there. and Just asked him his impressions of Doug. But I don't know. Where are we going with this conversation? Oh, uh, I'm done. Okay. Or finish, we're done with position? Yeah, yeah. No. Position battles? Yeah. No. Keep going. No. We need more. No, no, no. Well, no, it's it. just, just, and this came up on the radio. I was on the radio, yeah. 97.5, I called in because I had to chime in. But we're talking about your man, Poopy Peterson. Mm-hmm. But it, I was just getting his impressions of Doug. What do you think? You know, and, and this is a scary thought. When when somebody comes out and says, well, he's a nice guy. But. But the first thing he says, well, he's a nice guy. Yeah. But I don't know if he'll be able to get it done. So. Yeah, I, that's that's exactly how I saw this thing the second they hired him. Yeah. Nobody else in the NFL wanted yeah. to talk to him. Yeah, he's not ready. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna. I think the one thing that I've and I said this on the radio the other day is that he did make some good hires. I understand that, but was that all him? I don't know, but we'll go with it. We'll yeah. pretend it was all him. Yeah, exactly. All right. Here's the thing for Poopy Peterson. He's no Mike Holmgren, right? Well, His coaching yeah. tree has guys that have way more experience than him already. Yeah. Right? He's not yeah. he's not turning out the next great coaches a decade from now, this guy. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. It's well hey, nobody thought Charlie Manuel would win us a title, right? Uh, amen. And I was ready to have yeah, him fired yeah, in yeah, two thousand six. Yeah, um too. all right, glass <laughs> glass half full, glass half empty right. scenarios for the birds. This is how this is gonna play out. You and I are gonna talk up the Eagles and our glass half full 
essentially as high as the ceiling could possibly be, perfect world, and then glass half empty, I'll pretty much do what I just did, which is rip Poopy Peterson. Yeah. Um, you want to start? Sure, I'll start. All right, glass half full for the Philadelphia Eagles, John Mita. Glass half full. Sam Bradford plays 16 games. The Eagles go 10-6. and six. They win the division. He throws for 38 touchdowns, throws 12 interceptions, and then we trade his ass <laughs> at the end of the season and recoup some of the draft picks that we spent on Carson Wentz. And that would be moving forward, knowing that your defense is right there, you move on from Sam Bradford. I mean, can we please move on from Sam? I mean, well, hang this, on, this is oh, half I'm full. Sorry, I'm this sorry. Is half full. Well, you'd like to see some, half full is see some improvements. You know, the young wide receiver, like we, I just talked about Nelson Aguilar, like to see some improvement there. There's certain positions, like you have to solidify that spot. This team hasn't had a good big wide receiver or just that difference maker since Terrell Owens. And how long ago was that? Oh, Ten years ago? Taken away from Macklin. Macklin and Jackson were great. Yes. But still, I want that big stud that just intimidates, like a Brandon Marshall, somebody that just intimidates the other team, where you say, you're lining up against this guy. I better bring my lunch pail today, or this guy's going to toast me. So. All right, my glass half full for the Philadelphia Eagles. Last year's 7-9 and nine team needed a change, John Mead, and they got it. All right, Chip Kelly is gone. Andy Reid's little brother, Poopy Peterson, now in charge. <laughs> Experienced coordinators on both sides of the ball. Mix that with a player's friendly coach. Better locker room chemistry. I'm feeling it, all right? Yeah. Organization paid the core group. Handsomely, Ertz, oh. Vinny Curry, Fletcher so. Cox. They're all feeling good. They're all paid. They're all happy. Everybody, it's kumbaya in the locker room this year, all right? <laughs> Upgrades made to the defense, the offensive line, and the wide receiver position since Riley Cooper's gone, of course, all of which desperately needed to happen. Let's not forget Sam Bradford, probably more comfortable in an offense where he can huddle, get out quick throws, thrive on his accuracy, all right? A little West Coast scheme. The Browns and the Bears, first two weeks, they pose little threats to this Eagles team. You kidding me? Get off to a good start. You got an early bye. By the time the schedule gets tough, you're gelling chemistry-wise, feeling good. Got a, a better handle on the schemes offensively and defensively, peaking at the right time. All right, that's what I see from the Philadelphia Eagles, glass half full, Super Bowl contenders because of the chemistry, because of the upgrades, and because Sam Bradford is going to play with a chip on his shoulder, plus the NFC stinks. Oh. All right, that's glass half full. Right. Glass half empty. I'll start. <laughs> Can't wait. Let's start with the offense, all right? You got a first-year head coach, minimal experience as an offensive coordinator, no one else in the league wanted to talk to the guy, all right? Nobody. You got a quarterback that can't stay healthy and knows he's not on the team next season anyway. Plus, Chase Daniel is backup, better water boy than a backup QB. Your top running back, Ryan Matthews, also injury prone. When your wide receivers are average at best, Johnny Mita, outside of Jordan Matthews, of course, not having a dependable running game is going to keep your offense from moving the sticks. Defensively, Jim Schwartz already frustrated. They haven't even played a live down yet. After giving up a franchise record, what was it, 36, 38 touchdown passes last year, the Eagles added some pieces via free agency. Think they're much better defensively. Problem, however, is depth. What happens if injuries set in? Talked about it earlier. Got a lot of unproven young players, and even Howie Roseman's got to be nervous about that. Plus, you got to play the AFC North this year. That's a, that's a bear of a challenge. All right, with the offensive struggles that I expect to happen, 
division record, maybe three and three at best, playing the AFC North. This team's looking at nine or ten losses. Fans will be clamoring for the ginger Carson Wentz by November. Glass half empty, Philadelphia Eagles. Wow, you laid it all out there. I agree with you in a lot of respects, certain positions. Offensively, I, I could see Sam Bradford getting hurt in week three, week four. Next thing you know, the whole fan base is calling for Carson Wentz, which might be a little too early for him to step in. I would definitely go to Chase Daniel. I'm not too sure we've had this discussion. I know. You right, love anyway. Chase Daniel. Please. <laughs> spare right. me. Exactly. The other the guy's five foot six, dude. The other and problem he's not is, Drew Brees. If we look at defense cornerback, when are we gonna get that lockdown, shutdown corner? Can you remember, can you just name the last great corner? And people might say Asani Samuel, but he no. was more. Well, they they went to the that. Pro Bowl core of Vincent e Brown, exactly. Vincent, Vincent Brown, and whatever Shepherd, other right, safety right, yeah, to exactly. Back there. So we need that guy, and because we have blundered the drafts, aka yes. Demarcus Smith, instead of taking a guy like Jason Verrett, who made the Pro Bowl for San Diego. Yeah, Marcus Smith's getting cut this year, by the way. Yeah, um, he's he's definitely gone. So there, there's some well, things I, there. You know I what? think I, I kind of want to look up bad Eagles cornerbacks that they drafted while you finish your glass. Sure, half sure, sure. There are other things. Depth for this team is going to lead to serious issues. The offensive line. We still have the cast of characters from the replacements. Many Mo and Jack, Dennis Kelly, Matty Tobin. Who else oh. can we throw in the mix? Alan Barbary, I would love to see him get surplanted at guard. I would love to see Steven Wisniewski, the guy who they signed yep. a free agency, instead of he can also play the center position if, if Kelsey falters. But I'd like to see him at starting right guard. Get rid of Alan Barbary and his $850,000 contract. The guy is a perennial backup. He is not a starter in the National Football League. Quarterback position, Sam is Sam. I, Sammy sleeves. I just the guy. I just the, the way the guy looks. The guy has just rubbed me the wrong way from day one. When the Eagles drafted Carson Wentz and he took his ball and tried to go home and he demanded a trade. Okay. Well, listen. You could have got a deal from thirty other teams in the league. But nobody wanted your ass. That's the problem. Nobody wanted you. The Eagles signed you to a, like, guaranteed $20 million deal, and you're going to come in and bitch about it? Play football, my friend. The bottom line is this is an audition for you to get your next wonderful payday. You've made more money in this league than anybody I've ever seen for such mediocre play. So he, he's another one I can't stand. <laughs> um, who else? Who else that drives me crazy? And some of the other, I, I like where they are, where they are in other positions. But depth purposes, linebackers. We need more linebackers. We need more backup defensive linemen. If we're going to be shuttling these guys in and out, the one worry is too. Jim Schwartz kind of runs some type of wide nine. That brings back nightmares yes. for me. Um, so let's hopefully it's a different type of wide nine. I kind of heard Vinny Curry on the radio. So I think. You know, half empty to kind of sum it up. I kind of just went on a rant, a rumble, whatever you call it. But this team goes six and ten again. And then, of course, what happens? We don't have a first round draft pick oh, next year. And with the draft in Philly. With the draft in Philly. And again, but I really think this team has made some improvements. And if we're going half full again, I, I think Howie Roseman has done a decent job of getting rid of some junk, some terrible contracts, some of. 
Chibs blunders, and, and it's kind of put this football team in a better position. I And I like what you said, too, the chemistry. I think Doug Peterson, they will play hard for him because he is, a.k.a., you know, player's coach. And I think we'll just have to wait and see. This offense is going to be a mystery. I think the defense could end up in the top ten. I really do. I think they have that type of talent. You know, can, hopefully the corners, you know, can come up from giving up 30 touchdown passes. But I really think I can see them finishing in the top ten. It's can this offense put enough points up on the board with this West Coast style? And, and, and the other concern you brought up too, Joe, running back position. I love Ryan Matthews as a player. I was excited, ecstatic. I was more happy with the signing of him than that bum DeMarco Murray. He's now in Tennessee, and he could just bum his way down there. <laughs> I'm happy with Ryan, but the guy is so injury-prone, and we drafted a rookie, Wendell Smallwood, things coming out of camp. He's been doing pretty well, and he's injured. So, and running back is going to be an interesting position moving forward. You look at the Chiefs last year with Kansas City, their Jamal Charles, their great Pro Bowl running back goes down with three different running backs. I mean, it was, you know, kind of the three-headed monster. They just kept putting in different guys, and they were successful. So, I think the tight end position is a position of strength. That's the other one. When you have Zach Gertz, Brent Selleck, and apparently Trey Burden's coming on like gangbusters, I think he could make a significant impact. And Frank Reich talked about they're going to do a lot of three tight ends in this offense, a new package. So, I don't know. It, it's going to be full and empty. This is going to be a season to see where we are. But I, I'm ready for the Carson Wentz era to begin. I, I, I just say toss him to the wolves. <laughs> Seriously. Some, I he, love what Herm Edwards said. He was like, listen, they have a plan not to play him, but if you don't have a backup plan to your plan, then it's not a good plan at all. And the only way you get better is, is you get that experience. So at some point, I, I think Carson Wentz sees the field. I don't know what week that's going to be. It's either because of an injury or they might just be out of it completely. But, listen, you invested a lot of resources, money, and everything in Mortgage. this game damn future for this ginger i know you hate this guy already i i don't get jaquan jarrett or oh, curtis marsh oh curtis marsh oh hold God. please uh norman lejeune uh norman lejeune matt ware matt jr reed oh. dexter win dexter all drafted by the philadelphia eagles since 2003 as defensive backs, and I don't know that any of them ever made a play. I think Matt Ware returned a block punt once to the house. Yeah, he did. You're right, against San Diego. Yeah, amen. Yeah, and, but those guys, any of those guys still in the league? No. No. That's the problem. None of these guys are in the league. How do you draft that many terrible players at that position? <laughs> and that because was over I, like a three-year span. Yeah, I know. But honest to God, if my scout, the guy who's in charge of scouting corners, comes up with that group, <laughs> the guy's he's fired. He is so fired. But how about B Dog? We didn't talk about that. It's funny, you know, we're bringing up scouting. Yeah. The team brought him back, which I thought was a fantastic move. So has he done at ESPN then? I don't know because they said, like, it's his job to scout five colleges. So I don't know what these colleges are. Like, they said one of them's Clemson. Is he going to just focus on scouting down the south? But essentially, this is what Derek Gunn said, which is interesting. That Howie Roseman then becomes the president again, and they groom B. Daw to become the future 
general manager. All right, D-Gun, come on. Of the Philadelphia come Eagles. Come on with the scoops, D-Gun. The next Ozzie Newsome. Come on, he wants to learn the trade. I love it. I love it, too, but and I people, just think it's a reach. Yeah, yeah. Well, next year, that's the other thing, man. Next year, he's got a shot to make it to Ken. I know. Speaking of that, it's Him whole five. Uh, n- number five, we'll always love you. I called up the radio and said that was the worst speech I've ever heard in my entire life. He's had the worst post-football career of anybody. Yeah, and how about his comments the other day? The, the Eagles are making a bad – the yeah. guy is still bitter. What is he bitter I over? Don't, I don't know. I don't no. know. He always wants to butt his nose into Philadelphia <coughs> Eagles sports okay. like anybody gives a damn. No, nobody cares about him anymore. No. It's been a decade now. Beat yeah. it. Beat it. All right. Good catching up with you, brother. Yeah, man. This is a fun podcast. Olympics. Favorite Olympic sport. What do you got? Favorite Olympic sport, man. I got to go with, man, the men's four by one is pretty pretty prolific. All right. I like it. You know, I was down with some archery. Watched some, watched archery. some archery. Team archery yesterday. Oh, yeah. Watched some beach volleyball. Oh, beach volleyball is always good. Water handball was on. Handball. Water polo, maybe. Somebody, have you seen speed walking? Or what Team they USA call beat China by like 110 points in men's basketball. It was embarrassing. Yeah, the points for it was 50 points. They won yeah. by 57. How yeah. crazy is that? Cover. Did you say? Yeah, well, did you see ESPN throw up? This was hilarious. So if you bet $1,000, it would win to, for the Eagle, or for the uh, yeah, U.S. men's gold. basketball team. It would pay out five bucks. Play a thousand to win five bucks. Are you kidding me? I mean, it sounds like a sure thing, but my God, <laughs> who would do that? You need your head examined. That's called degenerate that gambling. That is degenerate. Yes, that yes, yes. If you're betting USA China yesterday, that is called degenerate, <laughs> no doubt. All right, brother. Always a pleasure. Preseason opener on Thursday. You'll be there. <sighs> I don't think I'm going to be there. I might have to work. Your boy Wentz is going to get lots of run. Dude, I know. Oh um, we'll God. see if I can make it happen. But I'm just looking forward to the opener, I guess. Preseason just doesn't rattle my cage. But you got to pay for them. Part yeah. of your season ticket. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you can't even give those tickets away. That's the problem. <laughs> all right. Before we get on out of here, explore.org. That's the new website, all right? All right. It's live GoPro cams on wildlife, all right? Wow. Stick tap to explore.org. Where did you come up with this? Just, you know, channel surfing with your children? Explore.org, bro. Explore.org. Tom Winnick. Stick tap. All right. I love it. All right, Stone Harbor. It's been real. Stone Harbor. Beautiful weather. Thanks for having the B-Love podcast. my final day here until reality sets in. Got to go back to the foreign country. It's time to go have some adult beverages and catch up for the real thing. It's almost noon. Sounds about right. That's pretty close. I could use a Bloody Mary. That's for shout. At B-Love Podcast on Twitter, SoundCloud.com. Appreciate all the love and support. really appreciate it. John Mita, Joe O'Donnell. Go Birds. It's football season. Go Birds. Football season is back. Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.